0: Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined once again by Michael Daniels and our good buddy Fox. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Awesome. I'm, I'm doing pretty great. I'm doing well. Also, thank you so much, Mike and Dennis, for inviting me back on again under such short notice. I feel like I was just here, so it's an honor to be back <laughs> once again. Thank you. Where so we much. get we get lots of cool stuff
2: happening. So we, you know, especially in, in the world of. Uh, comic books and movies and comic book movies or in this case TV shows we got we got to have a an outside opinion besides Dennis and I just you know getting happy with it <laughs> yeah that.
0: yeah especially especially for me being such a uh comic um novice or whatever, neophyte whatever word.
1: neophyte is the preferred term I don't know sure. I don't know yeah. man and I think
2: you've been in it for at least 10 years now it's it's kind of difficult to <laughs> not claim that anymore <laughs> and, and, well
0: we had we had uh intended to have our buddy justin back on because he's a uh, uh he knows all that all that old comic lore but uh, unfortunately he could not
1: make it tonight so here we are
2: so so now we we go with our our, our fourth pick and we
0: have fox on so we'll... i
1: love being the backup thank you so much i'm back up to, to the to backup be. to the backup, the fill-in guest fox that's awesome <laughs> fill in fox
0: assistant to
1: the regional manager. <laughs> that's right
2: no i got i i got a good thing we um it's well known for listeners of the show that I I've been, always been a, a lifelong big Disney fan like the Disney parks and such uh and Sydney and I tonight were after dinner we watched a little bit of Disney plus and they have mm. um we just watched a few like 30 minute feel good type things about Disney it's of course oh, it's fun of course mm. it's Disney so they have a whole lot of like self making it look wonderful yeah you know and, and also they want everything to look wonderful so you go to see their parks and spend more money but of course uh, being taking that cynicism out of it it's really great for disney fans we we watched two things we watched one um about how they put the disney christmas together like if you go to the parks it's a totally different park oh um, interesting during yeah. the holidays and it's absolutely amazing and we just loved it um another one we watched um if anybody's been there in the last i'd say five years disney does a a uh, huge projection fireworks show on the castles at night it's their big end sure, capper yep. mm-hmm. um it's okay. the words only to say is magical and they recorded it and you can watch it on Disney Plus for they had the one in paris and we watched mm-hmm. that um and it was fantastic so long and short of it is that we watched after right before the show we watched some really happy uplifting uh you know endorphin filled shows to make me feel really good and positive which it does
1: that- it's amazing how they do that that's lovely. If I can give a pitch, because I actually was talking to Dennis about this literally the other day, and you've probably seen it, Mike D. Uh, it was one of the premier shows on Disney+, so I don't know how many people saw it, but The Imagineering Project, which I is did. essentially the making of the parks. And oh my goodness, was that fascinating. Isn't it um, cool? Those yes. are so neat. Um, I think if you're into art design, engineering, logistics, planning, urban planning almost, I mean, I think there's so much mm. richness that that offered – um, for any any sort of level of Disney fan. So again, I, I don't know how many people saw it because it was one of the first things that was on Disney Plus pre WandaVision, pre Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that is an excellent, excellent docu-series if anybody's interested. Disney has nice. a lot of those. Go ahead, Dennis. Yeah, they're all excellent.
0: No, I was, I was, I, I was just agreeing. I know um, I have only been to the original park in California and that's been almost 20 years ago. But um, you know, being there as an adult with no kids, the sort of production and like not quite stage play, but like immersive... Oh, it absolutely
1: is um, stage play. I, yeah. I would I think um, it's a great word for it.
0: Yeah, kind of uh when I used to do uh reenacting living history stuff, we would call it full immersion or um something like that. And of course that's uh or living history, which is more, you know, tied in with history, which which, you know, Disney is not really. It's it's more like like an immersive role playing or or fantasy. I don't know what word kind to use of, for it. It's unlike kind of, anything else. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: but it, it, but, you know, and I get I get cynical natures of some people, and, and that sounds like a bad word. I don't mean it that way, but I mean you know going into a place and wanting to, to kind of see some bad things, but allowing yourself to enjoy the happiness of a of place like that. It really is a magical. And, and I know I, I like that you said something about. Um, you know, as an adult or going there by yourself or whatnot. I, I have, admittedly, only gone with kids. Um well, one year I went with my ex-wife. We went to Paris when we saw that. But um, I think honestly that you can go to that place and and still admire everything that they have, like like what they're doing in this place. If not just go and like like Fox said, the production mm-hmm. of what they what's happening here. You walk into a land and you're completely surrounded by something that's different than when you just go to a a uh, Six Flags or mm-hmm. a roller coaster yeah. park. It's an, it's not even the same experience. So anyway, yeah, watch watch those shows and and Fox. That's a great little plug. There's several of those on on Disney Plus um, that you can watch and see the behind the scenes. Like for example, the Christmas things. A lot of it they do in one night. An entire massive massive area of of Florida they take <laughs> and completely transform in one night by thousands and thousands of people. Um, and it's it's incredible. And as you watch it, Sydney and Edward said, you know, it has to be down where it's like teams of ten, right? You just get small teams and your team is in charge of putting garlands down this road. Right? <laughs> and there's five thousand teams. Right? <laughs> so yeah it's very it's very fun. It's it's very uplifting and fun. Uh speaking of Disney Plus moving over, um, obviously the big thing is WandaVision this week, right? I've heard of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we had you on, though, Fox, about this topic <laughs> like three weeks ago or so when we were making predictions and thoughts about stuff. Now we get to come mm-hmm. back and do a, a, a
1: recap. Well, don't go back. All my predictions were 100 percent correct. There's no need to listen to any previous <laughs> shows in the archives. Yeah, same, just, same. just take my word for it that everything I said came to fruition exactly as I predicted. All
2: right, now here we go. Let's go back to the tape. I'm rolling it. Let's listen to Fox. (laughs) all right. Okay. Um, No, so uh, we're going to talk about WandaVision, uh, not just the last episode, but kind of in its entirety and and moving forward with Marvel and what we might think uh, going forward. So if you are spoiler adverse, I would um, uh, leave now. Can we get our spoiler bell for this, Dennis?
0: Um. I'm or do, do we have
2: a spoiler bell this here. week? We didn't even talk. Dennis I, is traveling. Don't, everybody, I'm gonna I'm
0: gonna do a thing. He's <laughs> got, got a oh, thing. He's gonna sound terrible. Oh no! Oh. Never mind. You, you, you
2: just have to say Bing. Bing. How's that? So for yeah. for the for the listeners, we Dennis has done a nice. We should have talked about that. We'll talk about that later. Dennis's journey across the world.
0: Um, we'll Dennis save that, that for next week once I actually get home. So hope you're you're still alive. Um, yeah. So we, we've anyway, gotta, we're gonna we're gonna thing. talk about the entirety of WandaVision, and we're gonna spoil it. So if you haven't seen it, uh, don't listen. Right. <laughs>
2: uh, okay. So, what was it? What what was our runtime on that show? Was it forty minutes or less?
0: That last episode. Well, we you you and I, Mike, talked about this last week because yeah. you were saying all the things they would have to wrap up, and yeah. one of one of the predictions I I did nail correctly was that it was going to be at least double length and it was pretty close to that i think like 44 45 yeah right a minute episode
2: we had they had to do so much i think
0: um yeah for sure
2: okay so they got i got a couple little talking points i want to get both your opinions on here um because the the internet weighs in different ways and we'll see what you think first off um CGI. So, one of the talks about some people did not like the battle scene. Didn't think it was as cool as what you might see in a, in a Marvel movie. Um, that's hmm. that's been an opinion. Not saying it's it's mine or anybody else's. How did you guys feel about just the big, huge spectacle of the big fight there with mainly with Vision and her and Wanda and, and Agatha?
0: I'll 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 jump in on that uh, because I have some strong opinions that people probably won't like. <laughs> um, okay, good. <laughs> it That that comment reminds me of our conversation about Wonder Woman eighty four, and I don't know if I've said this um, on the show before, but I do a lot of my TV watching on an iPad, and I'm not, I don't get super excited by like four K resolution and stuff like that because Mm -hmm. I'm very often on poor enough internet that I couldn't stream anything in four K anyway, and a lot of times I uh, um, will have be watching something in the background like while I'm on my computer or something uh this past week fox recommended me to watch uh the west wing mm-hmm. and there's so much dialogue in that show that I'm really just mostly listening to it yeah um, yeah you, that's all you have to And do so and so all of that special effects stuff seemed fine to me I didn't none of it I don't remember seeing anything that I was like oh that looks that looks bad or, or cheap or gross. I mean, part of that's expectation, right? Like when I'm watching Game of Thrones and I see CGI wolves, like I don't expect them to look like real wolves because I know that they're not. They're no such thing as horse-sized wolves. <laughs> sure,
2: right. No, I, uh, yeah, that that's a, that's a perspective issue, right? Is, is not going in there for that kind of a big thing. Fox, what did you think? How did you feel? I know you've watched a lot of these. Yep. You've watched every one of these on the big screen. And I have. You've got a small screen, marble <laughs> production for Netflix. Not
1: Netflix, which I, which Netflix. I did watch on a big Just screen. Because. So I am, I am the opposite of uh, I'm Dennis. Where I, I indulge in this type of material on the like a 4K resolution. Nice, nice. Oh like yeah, you've because,
0: got a projector and stuff. Yeah,
1: sure. and and. You know, I'm going to tell you, gentlemen, that one of the reasons why I love coming on the front porch is because I can say inflammatory things that I would never say on my own show because <laughs> I would get in trouble for it. But as a guest, you can say what you want. It's right, right. Track. Um, I track. I think that if you saw those action sequences and your first takeaway was, oh, they were not up to snuff or, oh, they weren't Marvel quality, you're watching for the wrong reason at that point. If you are on episode nine, of WandaVision, right. and you don't understand that the reason you should be watching this show is for the excellent character development, the fun mystery play, whether it had a payoff or not, then you're, you're watching for the wrong reasons. You, you've missed the point of this whole exercise. It's to tell a narrative story, not to blow your socks off with explosions and missiles and spells and all those things. Did I think the action was fine? Yes. I, I mean, I don't know that I grade it one way or the other, but at that point in the show, I wanted to know what happened to these people. And so no. I find the criticism of the action sequences almost befuddling because I, I hate to use the phrase that we use in our group all the time, but I wanted to say, you're doing it wrong. So that was <laughs> sort of my thinking as I watched those sequences. Mike D, what did you think?
2: I, I agree. I think um, th- the here's a, here's a fair statement to make, I think, is that uh, it's different because we've seen these people do their superhero stuff in Fantastic Vision before, to coin a phrase. We've seen Vision fight in Age of Ultron. We've seen the, the awesome, amazing stuff that they can do in Civil War. We've seen Wanda fight Thanos in, in, in one of the most coolest you know action scenes ever done. Uh, and we've seen their power and their, and their amazingness. So it's hard when you go and see this throughout an entire nine episodes and not see that full power. And now you have that opportunity. There's, there's an opportunity here for comparison that I think people are doing. Um, I hmm. actually, but I, I personally agree with what you're saying, Fox. I think that seems to me as an icing. Like it, it, the ep- yeah. episode nine was a was a cool thing that we got to see them. They went ahead. I told I was talking to somebody about it. I said they did it. They didn't shy away from making Vision have an air to air fight. Right? They could have kept it on the ground where they're just punching each other.
1: Oh, it's, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me. Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely- very
2: it's very difficult to not look at wire work wire work in in movies or anything these days you know right they're being pulled around by their hips instead of their their normal what you might think um and this one did they didn't they didn't shy away from it i guess you know they 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 made them all fly they all had big flying stuff because that's what they do um mm-hmm. and i think they took the risk and i was fine for it so i felt good that they let me see some of that um and they give me a whole episode for it they didn't do it for the entire nine episodes really not really big um no. And and that's that's why like they wanted to tell the story that you were just talking about, folks. They wanted to tell the story, do a narrative, and then they're like, okay, but we'll give you an episode here because that they are superheroes and we've seen them do these things. So
1: yeah, agreed. Yeah.
2: Uh, now that, yes. that's cool. It's- How about moving on here? Um, let's talk about some of the consequences and things that had happened from this one. Um, first off. I get a little bit comic book nerdy here. The vision, the white vision coming in, I talked about last week, is um, a, a comic book staple that's happened. It, this thing about him being remade by the government was a storyline within the comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, him being a an automaton with no emotions, completely rebooted, is, an, again, another storyline mm-hmm. from the comic books. Uh, so they did that pretty good justice, even though they don't have to, or they're not beholden to anything with the comics. It, it is kind of a, a character... Point for the the character, and they did bring it to us in here. How do you feel Vision is going to be in the MCU going forward? Are they going to flat out allow Paul Bettany to keep playing the character and coming back in the future, do you think? And and Vision is back? Or do you think maybe not? Dennis, what do you think?
0: Um... I mean I don't have any like background lore knowledge to comment on this but just based on the events of that final episode when um the TV vision mm-hmm. <laughs> um that's funny because the V is vision and um, <laughs> anyway he you know sort of gives him those memories and then mm-hmm. um I feel like that's the last or close to last time that we see that I hope they don't keep calling him white vision because that seems probably, but, <laughs> but we don't see that. Uh, we don't see that remade vision um, again after that. Yeah. He
2: leaves. he, he takes off and he's yeah, just, and his final,
1: open. and his final word, the, the, the W vision, his final statement is I am vision as if he had come to some realization that he was being manipulated and TV vision had given him some sort of sentient freedom. So um, I'll be quick. I think this, you know, I don't know that there's any real um definitive time that Bettany's vision comes back, but will he come back at some point? Yes. I mean, yeah. I just I mean, I don't know when it'll happen and I don't think it'll be in any major capacity. But, you know, if you if you told me that Bettany was gonna show up for the final showdown in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, would I think that was crazy? No. Yeah. I, I think Yeah, I mean I, you don't
0: yeah. you don't go to the all the trouble of making this whole storyline of, of sword or whoever making a new body uh, for that AI and all of that to, to not have that character. Well,
2: what's, what's an interesting thing, which, which brings me into this next point here is that this isn't a television series. This is something that we would normally see in a television series where you're like, Ooh, next season, what are they going to do with what they've spun off with us? There is no more. This is, this is a series Mm -hmm. finale. Right. What happened here and the the strings that were left open, which there are several, aren't not going to be resolved by WandaVision season two. How do you guys feel about that? That's that's I know that seems like a very MCU thing that we're used to. But this is, again, not a movie. This is a television series. Now they're kind of expecting us to go watch movies to get the end of our stuff. I love that as a sidebar. How do you guys feel about that? (laughs)
1: I love it. I think it's genius. <laughs> I think it just expands their world of content. And I mean, we saw today that Disney Plus is is thought to have now had over 100 million subscribers. And that's a really fast time frame to hit that number. And most of it can be attributed to the one-two punch of Mandalorian and WandaVision, which mm-hmm. became must-watch television. You know, when was the last time you sort of sat down with your family and said, it's Friday or it's any day of the week? We got to watch X. Um, I there's think it's Game of Thrones, of, probably. Probably, right? Um, and they did it on a Friday evening. So I guess my thought is that they know they have people hooked. You're going to come back for the content. And what I love about WandaVision in particular is that it got people who aren't really interested in the MCU to start watching. I had so many people... Um, ask me. Hey, I want to get into Wandavision, or I have started Wandavision because somebody told me to watch it, and they're not comic book fans. You know what other movies do I need to watch in mm-hmm. order to get up to speed, or give me backstory? And I can give that list later if necessary. But but mm-hmm. what I think what I think is great is that it's the return of episodic TV in an age where we get um you know used to getting things dumped all at once. Stranger Things is a good example of that. When that comes mm-hmm. out, you just get mm-hmm. the entire thing, so you can mention it. So, so I kind of love this idea that Marvel is expecting us to, to, to go along for the ride with certain properties and certain stories that take a little bit longer, that require a little bit more patience and time. So I have no issue with it whatsoever. You, you know what's fantastic, I,
2: I think, to point Please. out here is that, is that these are what at one time would be considered uh, Hollywood actors, big screen actors right mm. that don't do small screen things but you know what I mean before there was this clear separation that if you go down to TV you're you're not quite making it in the big screen anymore uh that's that's not the same case today but um this is one of those things that these are big screen actors and actresses that are going to go they're going back to these same roles in a hollywood thing and fit totally there it's like we're getting a movie just like they want it to be a movie addendum to our movies in the in the cinema. Right? The More, lines are becoming blurred. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. they're they're able to go back, and that, that's because like uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, they don't have they're not committing to a television series for ten years, right? They're committing to a production just mm-hmm. like a Hollywood thing, and then moving on to the next thing, right? And they're able to do that. Okay, uh, moving forward a little bit, let's talk about still what we said the vision there. Um, which I want to make a real comment at the vision. Paul Bettany, I never would ever would have guessed that when Jarvis came online back in Iron Man one, <laughs> that he would be to where he is now. And that I would have seriously been as choked up as I was at the end of this, just like I was when it happened to him in Endgame. game. Like hmm. it was, you know, it's coming. It's terrible. It's sad, but it's, it's great. And, um, Good job for good acting. Really love that character. Okay. What about Scarlet Witch? She's got the Darkhold in the, the the tag. I'm assuming both of you watch the tag. Mm-hmm. She's, got the, it's t- tags. Uh,
1: she's yeah. got
2: the... Plural. Tags. She's got the Darkhold. Again, there's not a, a Wanda Vision Season 2, so we have no idea why they would ever even show this unless they want us to watch other movies. This is a Doctor Strange lead-in? Is that what we're talking? Yes?
0: I, I assume that because I know that the movie is coming out. I don't know that the show gave me that indication.
1: It did not. I didn't think so. Well, Dennis, aren't you glad of all the hours you put into watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now where the Darkhold was a prime MacGuffin for four <laughs> out of the seven seasons? Right. Aren't you in the know now? You know what this thing is, right? So are Man, you excited? I, Does that get you sort of your juices going when you see that particular icon- iconography?
0: You know, I had forgotten about that until <laughs> that it was oh, on there. <laughs> but now, now that you say it, I can hear Fitz saying it and and them dealing with that that <laughs> book. Okay, yeah, I, that that's, I totally. That's funny. I'm glad I,
2: Fox, you brought that up because that's true. Dennis does have an insider baseball comic book thing that not a lot of I, people do. These are dark hole expert, ladies and gentlemen.
0: So I'm I watched just... that whole series and I I remember almost <laughs> none of it.
2: <laughs> well, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah so so yeah um you know what i was a little surprised at and it sounds silly to say this but on some things use some marvel pictures at the end when they have a tag it it says things like captain america will return in this yeah that's right yeah right they they should have put an end to that you know wanda maximoff will return in doctor strange in the multiverse of madness
1: you know why i think they didn't Mike, if I may, if I may just say yeah. this real quickly, because I don't know that they're sure where she's going to end up first. And by that, oh. I mean, they have Spider-Man No Way Home coming. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's not what I meant to say because there's Homecoming and No Way Homecoming. But yeah. No Way Home, the movie is coming. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And so I wonder if they were like, well, we want to leave it open to the possibility that she could show up there.
0: Um, tag, I know that's a yeah. minor
1: point, but like that was my only thinking when I saw that as well. That's
2: I got to say this, this whole thing with Wanda is bigger than I, th- I mean, we all we've known for a long time that WandaVision's coming, but it never ever felt to me like it was a core part of what MCU was going to be in the next phase. It felt and like now? an extra thing. And now I'm not so sure. Right. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I
1: think she's going to be huge.
2: Yeah. That's, It's just, it's just so thrilling is the best word because it's, it's good things that happen. that's not expected. Right.
1: Well, well, on that note, I mean, not to bury the lead, but we haven't really said the answer to this obvious question. I would like to hear from both of you about, um, were you satisfied? You know, there's so much hype. There's so much conversation about this. I mean, you've dedicated several shows to this Mm. particular product. We've gotten through it all. Um, What did you think? Like, what were your reactions to it? Were were they positive? Were they negative? Were they, again, I think satisfied is the best question mark, you know, that I could put to each of you. Mike D, were you satisfied when you got to the end of this? Oh, yeah. I mean, personally,
2: I was. I I enjoyed the ride. I do agree that I felt the first three episodes were a little slow. I did do a a little bit of reading from interviews from the directors and such about, and the showrunners why they released things as they did. I know you Fox got to watch as the press got to watch like three at the beginning, right together. And yeah. that's how they, that's how they intended it to be released. Mm-hmm. And there was some very technical things with COVID and some, some planning and timing and the way they, it was really just a timing thing that they released two instead of three. Right. And they, and in the the post interviews that they have with these people after the shows, the series is done. They were like, yeah, we got a little bit of criticism that it was slow at the beginning and they put a lot of slow stuff before we got to see things. He said, you start to see things at the end of episode three and we really wanted you to get all of that kind of in one big uh, binge and it just didn't play out that way. So it came off slower than we thought. And That's
0: interesting because it, um, it reminds me, or not even really reminds me, but it brings back our perennial conversation about like, weekly episodic versus binge mm-hmm. you know the the sort of what we call the Netflix model or like Stranger Things and you have this it's really it's really something new than uh than a TV show or even a miniseries um and the earliest i remember people talking about this kind of thing was The Wire which i didn't watch all of but i actually probably only watched like two or three episodes but this idea of like a 10 hour movie just yeah. broken up into episodes. <laughs> but yeah. if you do something like that on a weekly release, when, you know, back when people were still uh, tied to network and cable TV, uh, um, you know, broadcast schedules, there were certain things you had to do in the storytelling. Like maybe you had to do recaps. Um, you know, you had to sort of retread some of the ground to make sure that the audience was always up to speed. Mm-hmm. Where. In something like Stranger Things, you don't have to do that because they know that or they assume that everybody's going to watch it in a couple days. And so all that story is going to be fresh and you sort of absorb it differently. Um, In WandaVision, I appreciated that it kind of took its time and you you get to enjoy it a little more, right? It's like not eating a whole carton of ice cream all at once. Um, you know, you, you sort of, you get a little bit and then you have that anticipation and then you come back next week and you get a little bit more. Um, but it's interesting to hear that, that, that they had intended those first three episodes, which are really the, you know, going through the decades, uh, 50s, 60s, 70s, um, before you get into, um, uh, shoot, what's her name?
2: Like Dar- Monica? Dar-
0: Monica,
1: or Darcy. Yeah. Monica, yeah,
2: yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's that was just a you know, as any movie goer or fan will notice that pacing is a one of the biggest jobs that you can do in the business from the editor and the director mainly, um, and it's probably at the forefront of their minds all the way from the beginning to the end is what what your pacing is.
0: Um, yeah, I mean it. It starts with the script, but all the, yeah. all the way down, like all of that has to be there. I think as far as as far as the show's conclusion, um, it was a little bit. I don't want to say disappointing, but it was kind of like whatever the ending of Lost was. This was the opposite. <laughs> I okay. I felt like the the last two episodes, aside from the big fights and things, um, just spent a lot of time overtly answering all the questions that everybody had there's not all of them right because we don't know where the new vision and um, and wanda are going forward or even um agatha for that re- for that matter yeah. but all of the like what is this how is it happening who is this person and what is this and how it's like it all just gets answered in dialogue exposition between the characters and that was Kind of satisfying in an unsatisfying way,
1: if that makes any kind of sense. <laughs> That's fair.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, and, and I think that maybe if this had been one of those things that was a multiple season thing, that they may have stretched that out and let that breathe a little bit more. Um, but it, I get what you're saying. I, I, I can feel that too. That in the last two episodes, they were very much like, "Remember, guys, this is an an end. To, this is an end of series. We have to end this storyline of Westview and end it." And then, I mean, d- right.
0: don't get me wrong. I would much rather have this than the lost ending. Sure, <laughs> just right. so cool Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: so yeah, so cool overall. You know, good, good feelings about it. I think it's it is exciting. I think it gave everybody a lot of everything from from a lot of angles. And and honestly, I haven't read a lot of bad stuff. The things like pacing or whatever are generally small, nitpicky things from most people that that are even preface mm-hmm. it with, "Hey, this is nitpicky and not a big deal." <laughs> um, so I, I loved it. I thought it was very heartfelt. The kids scene at the end, there was a lot of cheesy scenes. Like I was a little sad that they didn't, that they put, uh, the Quicksilver thing down kind of lamely. Um, Pretty quickly. With, yeah. Yeah. With the, the uh, quickly, Ah, oh, groan, grown, um, Dennis, uh, with the boner thing that was eh, whatever. And, um, the kid was is, sad.
1: Just so people realize is a growing pains joke. It's not a, a human male anatomy joke. Yes. Right. It's I think a lot of people were like yeah. confused, like, Oh, all that for, you know, potty humor. Boner. And they're like, Oh no, we really meant to do a growing pains joke. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: the, his, I think the growing pains character, his last name was Stabone or something. They called him boner. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. So, that that was all fine and all good. I said I had a little bit of it. They, they did justice to the kids being kind of taken away. That was a very touching and wonderful feeling when they t- tucked the kids in goodnight, and it felt heartfelt and real. That was
1: rough, man. That Whew.
2: was rough. You know, when when they're walking home, even
1: was oh, and they go, th- yeah, that's the thing. Like, what was it? I mean, Marvel is seems to want to pull at your heartstrings and de- develop their characters more and more. So I can't give them anything but praise. When they do things like that, and I'm like, "Wow, I really care what happens to these people. I feel so sad for them."
2: And they, you know what they did, Fox? Is they they, in those situations? I think that Marvel gives them the time that they need. Like when in Endgame, agreed. When spoiler for Endgame, when uh, Iron Man dies at the end, they give you long, slow sequences afterwards to allow you the time to process what's happening. It's a great point. It's happening. Right. And this one is the same thing too. You know, it's happening. Agatha has been defeated. She's now the Scarlet witch. And this is all coming to an end. They all know it. And all of a sudden vision kind of leads the way with like kind of accepting this is the way it is being calm. The kids kind of all know it and they get cold hands. And then you are given the time to walk down the street, seeing flashes of it happening with slow kind of music walking with a touch, seeing all this time, your heart's kind of breaking slowly, not all at once, so that when it's over, you don't have this, any feeling of being cheated out of that moment, right? You you know it's coming, you know it has to happen, and the writers and the director gave us time to process it as it goes along, so that when it happens, you're like the vision in The Scarlet Witch that you accept it as well and have that kind of closure. It's sad, but I, I don't know. I also felt that when it happened, the way it was paced, that it, it made me feel like kind of how Wanda's journey was, that mm-hmm. you have to accept that Vision and the kids and that whole world is going to end and it has to be let go. And then when you see her there in modern times in this like hollowed out, you know, lot that you feel a little bit, okay, it's time to move on.
0: It's like empty foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Can and I it's ask you? If, from go ahead, Dan. Sorry, my bad. It's it's different from the what I've described and and heard as the sort of Marvel model of like balancing uh, heartfelt emotional moments with comedy, hmm. right? The the example I always give is them standing in a circle in Guardians One, <laughs> right? And they <laughs> have this real touching moment for <laughs> just a second before before Rocket you know cracks a joke, right? Um, but this, this Wanda story is a story about dealing with grief. And so you can't, like, you can put some jokes in that, but you can't make that a comedy.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: It, Ultimately.
2: It it was so good. So, yeah, it was good. And we could talk even more and more hours about how we felt about the citizens, how we felt about Wanda being a bad guy. There's just so much to impact here that I just could, it's hard not to talk about. Um, but Fox... To your original answer, I do love it, and the more we even talk about it, the more I love it. More, um, I'm surprised I haven't watched the last episode or two again, and I now I want to um, mm-hmm. just to. I think just like Endgame, I need a little bit of space for a minute, you know, mm-hmm. with those characters that, that I you, did too. Uh, you but
1: then got. you all invited me on the show, and I was like, well, I gotta watch <laughs> it again, I guess. <laughs> yeah,
2: you, you got you got to have it again to see Paul Bettany again. But there's a little hope that that you have the vision come back into in another. In to another uh,
1: Can I ask a, fi- a final question because I'm curious yeah. about something that I know you, I know you all don't follow awards circuits the same way I do, but mm-hmm. you know, in, in those awards arena um, I would say that superhero films and genres um, in general, genre films or properties don't often get the love. Now we have seen that change a little bit. Mandalorian has gotten nominated for best drama a couple of times into various uh, golden globes, as well as the Emmys. Stranger Things actually, all three seasons was nominated for best drama at the Emmys. I'm curious, you know, not so maybe the show as well, but especially Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Do either of you have any feelings, or do you even care if they get recognized for the absolute incredible depth and breadth of their performances in this show? Do you feel like they should get recognized? And I guess more importantly, do you think it means anything if they are or are not?
2: Uh, Dennis, do you mind if I take this? Sure. Uh, I I don't know. There feels to be kind of a this is from a guy who's I don't ever consider myself a, a Hollywood critic or insider, even though we talk about movies a lot. Um, or in with that kind of looping of of that whole circuit, that um, especially with the Marvel movies, I don't know if the actors or the people care so much, meaning that. I think that every single person that's been in an MCU movie, when you hear them talk on interviews or outside of stuff, they're not necessarily always concerned about their individual accolades. Even Robert Downey Jr. doesn't talk about how good he was in the death scene, which he probably knows he is because he gets such love and attention from the billions and billions of fans that some other peer giving them, you know, an award. I don't know if, would do any, you know, be even near as much as them breaking a billion dollars at the box office, right? Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for this heartfelt emotional scene, a lot of people should get credit for it. But does it matter? I don't think it matters to anyone that makes the movie or the shows. And I actually have a lot to say that I don't know if the nominated for a Golden Globe Award actor across the front of a screen matters anymore. I don't think that sells movies the way it used to. You know that that Natalie Portman's in a thing does not guarantee that this movie is going to be good,
0: mm. right?
1: Mm-hmm. Dennis, any the, thoughts? I, I'm curious. I, I I tend to
0: I tend to sort of generalize, and this is probably well I, I said generalize, so it's inherently at least somewhat unfair um, that the the things that do very well uh financially or or you know are very popular um aren't the things that win awards and in my mind, like the marvel movies usually have already won an award, and that award is making a ton of money um it's <laughs> yeah, very true very that's, true it's a little They're bit buying their awards a, right a little bit I mean, it's uh, very, it's uh, very true that's generalized very true. but I mean it definitely it definitely says something like when um you know when the office kept getting renewed and then eventually um started winning Emmys you know Steve Carell and and stuff like that and we've definitely seen now I I don't know that I, I've really seen Elizabeth Olsen or Paul Bettany in much of anything else but this is the most like character acting we've seen them do in the MCU mm. I think I mean they've done some stuff but Always in movies with a lot of other things going on, even in Endgame and Infinity War, um, and so, like, if there was ever a time to be nominated for, you know, acting Emmys or or Golden Globes, it would it would be this. Um, it is, I assume, still categorized as a TV show. Um, you TV? know, I don't think. I don't think anybody yet has like series and mini series
1: separated out. Um, yeah, how is that? Box? Really how is words for of that a then? Nobody understands it anymore. Okay. Unfortunately, there used to be, you know, television drama as well as limited TV series or limited series made for television. Um the bl- the lines on those things have gotten so incredibly blurred. It's hard to determine I mean, yeah. the, the best example is Watchmen, right? Because Watchmen, they they said all along, we're only doing one. So it's by definition limited, right? We're only doing mm-hmm. one season. Mm-hmm. Yet it wasn't put in the limited series category. So um, there's <laughs> juries out on how that's going to be ruled. But, you know, I don't know how this would be viewed. My, I imagine if it was going to go in any category, it would be television, drama, full stop. That That feels okay. funny that, and I
2: know, we're getting really in the weeds with this, but that they would—that a category is determined by the presentation that it's given, not the subject it's giving. So, Wandavision is one story, right? If you just stitch them all together, it's one movie. That's as Dennis said earlier, ten hours long or whatever it might be. Why should it be judged on because of the medium that it was presented in, and not the actual, you know? subject that it was
1: yeah the 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 qualifications are up to the person submitting it which is kind of weird which has been the case for almost all categories that they allow the person who says okay i'm putting this person or this thing forward to say what category they believe it should be in and then the voting body tends to be the one who says yay or nay and they almost always say yay unless there's a really compelling reason not to and that's usually guild associated. You're right. We're getting into the weeds on this, but that's how yeah. it usually comes down is there are guilds for almost all um, the major, uh, call it the um, occupational categories. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's writing and acting and directing and cinematography, editing, et cetera, et cetera. And those are the ones who are usually consulted upon to say, okay, yes, this makes sense or doesn't. So again, like you could put WandaVision into a limited series category But I'll be honest with you, the reason they don't do that um, is because of prestige. So Queen's Gambit is another one that is a really Mm -hmm. good example of this. There are seven episodes of that, and they had no intention of making a second season. Again, I would call that limited, but it presented itself in all the best drama categories because that's the sexier headline, you know. Queens mm-hmm. Gambit wins mm-hmm. best drama, rather than Queens Gambit wins best miniseries. May you know, or, or yeah. movie made for television. You know, sure. I'm saying that's really what it is. It's marketing.
2: So it's so terrible. It's, <laughs> oh, I can't get <laughs> it's into all, that thing.
1: It's all uh,
0: marketing.
2: Hey, okay, la- last bit question. Easy, fun question for for Fox. Ha, okay. Did you did you like the uh, that they full on made her a superhero costume?
1: You know. <laughs> You know, the the fan in me did, however, I will say, and I loved it the first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, it's funny you'd say that, you'd ask that question, Mikey, because literally it was an hour ago. When it's materializing, I was like, (laughs) why is this happening exactly? Like, I don't, like, what exactly has caused her to decide to change her costume? She Um, totally did, right? I hate to say that for, for the rest of the show, I actually understood the decisions that were being made about the aesthetics Um, and, and and as cool as it was, and I don't think I would undo it if I was in charge, I do have to say when I watched it a second time and I knew it was going to happen, I was like, what is she doing exactly? Why is this (laughs) relevant? Like what? What is it's the, what little, is the, where's yeah. the function in that outfit? Um, so just a little so, fan
0: service that you don't mind the first time. Exactly. Right.
1: Dennis, that's exactly right. When you watch right. it in the moment, you're like, yeah, witch it up, baby. And then the second <laughs> time you're like, that is so impractical. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I, I will. I, I agree. I would. Yeah. I, c- I couldn't get over my fanboyness of watching it. Like they did it. They actually did the, the head guard. I can't believe they did this. Well, um, sorry (laughs) to
1: interrupt but they did it with the halloween costume and i was like that's fine i was like you gave me i thought it was a funny nod when they dressed up like their their really old school counterparts and i was like you know what i'm okay that you acknowledge it and let's move on but yeah (laughs) Yeah, sorry yeah so it surprised me i'll say that it surprised me
2: yeah they they didn't pull back um i i gotta say that um what they to answer kind of why they did it i th- i think and the way i felt when it happened why they gave her that costume and why it slowly uh appeared on her head was to compare it to another show oddly enough it was like the hellboy scene i'm sure you've all seen the hellboy movies um where he gets there the horns is, with the horns like there's a scene he, the whole time where he's not like a a demon and he's not a thing and then at one point he gives in to what he is and his horns go all out, and there's a huge crown above his head, and he's full on like demon, right? And at that point, you get that feeling, not that it's a great movie, but that's a great scene where he's given himself fully into what he is. And that's kind of what I felt That was ha- when it was happening. I thought, oh, she is now becoming the Scarlet Witch and fully enveloping her power, and that's why she's got that crown thing. Now, why she changed her clothes and such, I don't really know. <laughs> well... Um, But the crown, that's what I thought that
1: was. Sorry to keep geeking out. I feel like we're leaving Dennis a little bit behind us. So I like, okay, so when they had in in episode eight, where they showed Agatha with her coven and her family, Mm -hmm. I did notice they had those blue um, mystical crowns on their heads, right? Like some sort Mm -hmm. of acknowledgement of power. And then Agatha got a sort of purplish crown. And then obviously Wanda's was red. I wish yeah. I had a little bit more explanation as to what those colors represent. I mean, again, they call her the Scarlet Witch and she has camera. Yeah. I, I think I feel like they're maybe they'll explore it later, but like an understanding of what that um adornment upon their heads meant would have been helpful. Mm-hmm. Cause that could have justified yeah. it a little bit more. Because otherwise we may never get that. We may we never maybe, get that, never will, But that yeah. could have used that for all the exposition that that Dennis commented upon. That was sort of. I was like, "Why are you wearing that funny thing?" Like, I wish I yeah, had some a- rationale for that. That's all. We we we, well,
0: we may I, not get that because
2: we're on another season.
0: Great. I then. think That's I right. could. I think I could take a stab at that. Mm-hmm. I think one of them is a time witch, and one's a mind witch, and one's <laughs> okay. a reality witch. Got it. I get it. Pew I pew see pew. You're
2: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So it's it's good. It, so one division good. Next we have. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is coming out pretty uh, soon, I think. Right, like next month ish. Oh, you're you're. It's
1: sooner than that, my friend. Uh, really? I, wh- when does this get? When does this show get get aired? Or can we not? Can we not commit Dennis to that?
0: <laughs> as, <laughs> no. As, it, as soon as Mike turns the file around, it'll be this. Oh, here we go. Sorry, this I didn't next to call Monday, travel.
1: right? Probably by the next Friday, uh, it comes out. Wow. Um Yeah. So it's. Uh, I'll give a date. Holy so God. I. So I can't. I won't. Out but in March, how long it takes? Yes. March um, 19th. Oh, yeah. So it'll be out not this weekend, but next. Well, now that's... you've outed Dennis. So good on you. I was trying to avoid that. But... <laughs> All
2: right. Uh, wow. So that's cool. That's, man. So this is, I mean, I know they can do that because of the, the COVID-19 and the pacing and stuff like that. But um, this is a way for for Marvel to get us back into the pace of things, right? So that they can put this out, put the next thing out.
1: Loki Spider-Man is next. Spider-Man will be coming. So, yeah, so you have, yeah, you have, I mean, they have basically put forth a schedule where there's only about two to three weeks in between um, the Marvel uh, Disney properties. The biggest gap we have is in May um, between Winter Soldier and Loki, and that is the idea there is that that's when um, Black Widow will hit. Whether it will be in theaters or Disney Plus or both remains to be seen, but that's what is being held as the Black Widow month. I, you know, I think I, okay, I don't yeah,
0: remember yeah. this but how many are any of these upcoming properties um television or whatever Loki is and Winter Soldier is Winter Soldier
1: okay. and then there's What If is after that.
0: Right. Oh that's right. That's right. Cuz you I, said yeah. that two, that two week whatever the window between and I'm like if they get into movies that's a really fast movie release schedule. But yeah, if they're that also reinforces their their you know, more weekly or maybe hybrid weekly uh, release schedule to kind of not drag it out, but like fill, fill those gaps. That's exactly
1: what they're doing, Dennis. I mean, winter soldier will, will do the same thing. Um, That's only six episodes, but they're a little longer in length. I believe I Mm. think they're closer to an hour. Um, And so that'll be again, like, as Mike D said, the six hour movie, um And I, I think they're just going to do one at a time. I don't even think they'll do two to start. I think you'll just get yeah. one a week and they'll, they'll, they'll make, I mean, right now, Marvel is on everybody's lips, right? There's going to be a little bit. It's funny. There's a little bit of a respite. Does anyone else notice that justice league just happens to be get dropped in the <laughs> middle of the break? I am sure that is not by accident, yeah, right? I'm we sure, are right, right. We are right in that two week window between uh, WandaVision and 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 Winter Soldier, and literally the day before Winter Soldier hits, you're gonna get Justice League. That not I by accident say, on either side.
2: Right. Guys- I, I will say that I don't know if Wonder Woman did a lot of lot of service to the Justice League hype. I, I will say that I think a lot of people may have been like, oh yeah, let's let's try this uh, HBO Plus thing out. Or whatever it's called, HBO Max, I think, uh, yeah, with HBO Wonder Max. Woman, and then Wonder Woman was just okay at, at best. And then at now, best. I don't sure if there's going to be a whole lot of people who are like, yeah, let's re up to HBO Max to watch Justice League.
1: Oh, I think the Mike, I think the morbid curiosity about this thing is astronomical. I think people who didn't even like the the, the Justice League movie and aren't even interested in you know Superman and Batman. Just know this is a conversation piece. I think it's some of those things because of its cultural phenomenon status. You know, it got willed into existence by fans. I think everyone knows it's the thing that people are going to be talking about. So I think a lot of people are at least going to attempt to watch it. Now, whether or not to get through all four hours remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. But it's the thing you kind of need to watch to be in the know to have that cultural conversation the next day. So I think a lot of people are going to watch it.
2: D I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of offend here Dennis in a second. Um, do you think this could be just a serenity thing though? That you know, everyone was that had that who had a voice with a microphone and was a fan was talking about the Serenity movie and how it's gonna be amazing and everyone has to watch it because you know, Firefly was so great and, and here's its chance. And then Serenity came out, and while it was fine for fans and whatever the people who wanted it. It also wasn't still a box out of a Smash. It wasn't something that everyone saw like the fans wanted it to be. I feel that Justice League may be that way, that I think even people like me, who's a hardcore comic book fan, will watch it if I get the time. And then I mean, if Fox comes back to me and says, oh, it's actually really good, then I'll go watch it. Spoiler, I mean, you're talking it's not. about a
0: complete, a complete opposite <laughs> group, right? The Serenity fans are not the people who want. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Though, those fans actually like Joss Whedon.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, but, the, they, but those they, oh, I get it. They, they, oh, I, I get that, what you're that, saying. That's All yeah. right, <laughs> that was bad taste on my part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I think the people that that want this that are clamoring for it are Zack Snyder fans.
0: Right. Oh yeah, abs- absolutely. But I think I think there's probably some truth to what to what Fox is saying that a lot of people are like. I don't really. You know, I mean, since Batman versus Superman, like I have very little interest in um, Zack Snyder's vision for a Superman story. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he has the right kind of vision to make Watchmen.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: But not... Dawn
1: of the Dead, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But not, uh, you know, not a character that's supposed to have hope. But having seen seen Justice League and knowing the sort of, um, like weird amalgamation of Snyder film and Whedon film that that movie became. um, I'm somewhat interested in, see, I mean, we're going to watch it together. So that's a big part of it. And of course we're going to talk about it on the podcast. I don't know if, if we weren't doing a podcast, if I would bother, but um, it
2: feels very much like a, what if, right? Like a, yeah, we got to watch it just for a, what if
0: that's exactly just to, just to see if it's really as dark and depressing and, you know, dare I say awful. or alternate alternate university
2: yeah yeah i I don't know uh as for that show itself yeah i don't really know i think i'm on fox's clearly side here where he's like it's not uh that it'll be what it is and and i hear it it even ends like on a cliffhanger type thing which is kind of worse (laughs) Um,
0: i mean at least at least uh you know where the first wonder woman set the bar for warner brothers movies uh dc movies so high uh Wonder Woman eighty four has set the bar really low. So that's true.
2: You know, it's true. I, I I did watch the cheetah scene where they do the battle just like last week. I'm
1: sorry uh, again
2: because it was it was on and I just watched it and it is not that great. I thought it was. I think I was trying to be charitable by watching. You were like I
1: remember it. talking to you about this and I was like, did you watch it?
2: It it was. It's just. <laughs> I mean, it's just not great. Um, I'm not just talking about the movie, but I thought at least that fight was good. I was wrong, it's just something anyway, I'm correcting my myself <laughs> on that um so to to kind of bring it back around here again, guys, uh yeah, fox, I think you're right, it, them releasing it right between the two Marvel things, you know that's good, good, good play they're 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 getting superhero fans from one to the next. They're not stepping on anybody's feet there by trying to pull some people over. That's probably a good thing, one of the few things that Warner Brothers has done good right um and Now we're gonna get um, the the next movie. There are TV shows that we whatever they're called uh, on Disney Plus coming forward. Black Widow is interesting that you brought up Fox because they still haven't announced how they're gonna do it. Um, I'm I'm actually thinking that this ties into two properties. I think this ties into how Disney Plus makes money or doesn't make money off of Mulan and off of uh, Ray. Is it Raya? Raya. Raya. Yeah the 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 last dragon which just came out because that was released in uh on movie theaters and on Disney Plus at their what they call their premium service which is pay for more for it um if they don't get i think if they don't see a it doesn't even have to be significant but if they don't see a pretty good uptick in subscriber people or people buying the 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 premium stuff i don't know if they will well, release Black Widow is just a Disney Plus thing. I don't I know. Mean, I mean,
1: the, their numbers keep going up. And, I mean, definitely WandaVision is a part of that. And, gosh, I mean, sure. a subscription service can make you a lot of money. Not as much as ticket sales, but still. I don't know. I think but WandaVision it's, it's consistent it. as long as you keep right. releasing content. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. The success of WandaVision, I think, pushes Disney Plus to look harder to say, maybe we can make this work. So
2: maybe you're right, and, and and your numbers that you threw out there earlier is a fair argument for that. You know, if if they can continue to make that stuff, also it can't be not said that this isn't the only series that just happened. They just WandaVision came right off the heels of the Mandalorian season two as well, mm-hmm. which was great. So Disney is doing what I've always said that other streaming services need to do is be consistent with their pacing and timing of releases, and not. Dump uh, a Stranger Things out, not have anything good on Netflix for two years, and then do another Stranger Things. You know, you. I think that you need to have a coordinated plan with your release schedule of stuff. And this year, Mar- Marvel slash Disney, I think just Disney is doing it with all their properties.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah,
2: kind of kind of crazy. Okay, well, let's you guys mind shifting off of <laughs> no, off I think favorite, it's fair favorite topic here for a minute. Um, you know we could always keep going on it but we won't. <laughs> uh okay so I got a couple things. One um well let's let's talk about this weekend. So I'm going to bring us back to to Dennis being on a little bit of a trip. Um we'll talk more about it next week but Dennis is gone and he's now coming back and he's going to spend the time this next weekend in a hotel, right Dennis? Mhm. And Fox is out east. Um I am here in the greater Bloomington metropolitan area. <laughs> And we are all going to meet this weekend for a uh, virtual uh, game weekend, uh, from Chicago to the to DC to here. Are you guys excited about playing some new some new games, or are we just going to be retreading some old games this weekend?
0: A little Fox, bit of both. Some goodness. some old games on new platforms. New, how, how do you mean by that? What? Give me an example. Uh. Fox maybe knows more about this than I do, but Asmodee um, Digital, that is part of or owns Fantasy Flight? I don't know the details of that. You got Murder. it right.
1: Yeah, Asmodee is the is the big... Almost everyone here has played an Asmodee um, uh, game, probably who's listening Ford to this game. podcast. But you may not know it was an Asmodee property. But yes, Fantasy Flight, Z-Man, Plaid Hat, they're all owned by Asmodee.
0: Yeah, and so they have a digital branch, Asmodee Digital, and they've done a couple of, if you're familiar with, Humble Bundle, which is a way to buy a bunch of video games or Mm -hmm. other things. Like I think I said this last week, I bought a bunch of Star Trek comics in a Humble Bundle, but they started with video games. Um, They sell a bunch of games bundled together, and then part of the purchase price goes to various charities, depending on the bundle. Anyway, they've done a couple of these with Asmodee Digital Games. And um, we bought one of these, a handful of us, a couple of weeks ago. And there was another one early last, really about a year ago, early in the in the lockdown, maybe closer to April. Yeah, um, I think I got that but, um But those aren't new games like uh, Game of Thrones, board game, uh, Small World. I think Splendor is in there. Um, and so we'll be doing some of those in addition to our regular uh like board game arena and jackbox shenanigans.
2: Yeah, as as I go through here we've got a fox created schedule. Mr. Mr. on schedule himself. <laughs> uh that and I'm actually looking scanning through this we we do you're right we we do, we are planning this weekend kind of just a quick wrap of what I was mentioning here is that uh we are uh, our friends group, which is about 10 to 12 people regularly play games, um, are going to spend the entire weekend playing games. Um, and the, we're going to have to be virtual this year instead of in person this time. And, uh, we're, I'm looking at these lists and you're right. We do have a lot of, that are the Asmodee games that are the steam games more than I thought. I had a feeling initially when we decided this weekend, there would be a whole bunch of board game arena, which I'm not always a big fan of. Um, so it's nice to see we've got we are doing some things Fox. You got one that you're looking forward to spending some time on this week.
1: I think you're signed up for Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, I mean, I have to be honest with you, you know, that's probably the one that I think is going to be the most painful, but it is the <laughs> one that I'm You
2: signed up. I see your name
1: right oh, there. Oh, it's I am in the first position, sir. Um okay. I am I am really excited about this because I actually think this will work well virtually. Um, okay. because you know, it's game of Thrones for those who are not aware is as long and trotting as the actual show. Um, in fact, yeah. you can probably watch the entire couple, maybe first is not second season while you play the game. And it is very much, you, you know, um, you take control you know of it the, has about the
2: same satisfying as an ending too, right? Yeah, the just about, and, okay. mm-hmm. um,
1: right. <laughs> it depends if you're the show runners and you're getting all the money, <laughs> right, um, right. But but the point of the game is you take control of a house and you essentially uh, deceive and fight your way to be the last house standing. It's not that unlike Risk at its core mechanic in that oh, you have that to- sounds
2: wonderful endorsement you just gave right there. <laughs> hey, right? I mean,
1: some people love Risk. It keeps selling uh-huh. copies. But you do Those have people to- people go to
2: prison when they're older. <laughs> okay.
1: You do have to take over control of the board and that takes a lot of time. Um, we're looking at at least six to seven hours. So I am looking forward to that um, just because, you know, I actually think it'll work well virtually. People can jump in and out of the virtual game. You can feel a little bit more free to leave the table, walk around your house, get a snack, maybe jump into another game of on um, Board Game Arena where it's quick turn. So that's probably the game I'm looking forward to most. But honestly, I love the idea that we're all dedicating time to each other. I think that's what I really appreciate most. That everyone is like, you know what? I'm going to take off work. I'm going to clear this Saturday where I wasn't going anywhere anyway. Uh, Just to say like, you know, I'm going to play games with our friends and I'm going to, I'm going to recommend that everyone do that in their own lives. You know what I'm saying? Like make an event out of something, even if you have to do it virtually, make it feel like something special, even in the parameters that we're in. I would agree. agree. Yeah. I Um, don't
0: think, I don't think Mike said this, but we, we have done this before back last august mm-hmm. we'll it was the same that, it was the same weekend as um as gen con did their virtual uh right uh event and um yeah and i went i still had my house at the time that has uh cable internet and so i just went over there and um you know slept on an air mattress and stuff because it didn't have any furniture um Mm -hmm. but uh
2: yeah yeah. the 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 uh i actually and i do not want to spend any more time on the game of thrones topic but i will say dennis i was surprised to see that your name was on there because i remember uh you did you playing the the in-person one last time we played and you struggled with uh what was what's the polite way uh being polite the whole time <laughs> or not being mm-hmm. frustrated the whole time that you're signing back up for round two of that. Uh, I will say as a pers- as a uh, as a person that watches on the outside, uh, I, I'm i going to pop in the room and see you guys after three or four hours and see how it's going. Um, it'll be interesting to see how your moods are playing one single online board game for that long. I, I don't know if I've ever played, a long, long, long. I played one last night that was like two hours and or two or three hours, and
0: I was really getting that's that's not supposed exhausted. to be that long.
2: Yeah, and I was really getting exhausted at it. Um, this one is going to be as Fox said, six to seven hours, and if not more, we'll see about the digital medium. Uh, so, I, but yeah, that okay. Moving from that one, uh, there's a couple uh, things that I think I might look forward to or hearing, guys. I want to play Blood Rage. I think it's one of, one of the things that's seems pretty fun. I always like Scythe. Um, I can't think of anything on this schedule that I haven't played, which is an interesting thing. We're playing a lot of things that we like instead of, you know, when you play, I think when you play in person, you can always pull out a new game and teach. I'm not mm-hmm. entirely certain people have the same mentality when you're in a virtual arena that you want to spend time. Explaining well,
0: on, on board kind of game reasons. arena, we do that a lot, but with these yeah. as many games, I think we're mostly playing things that we've already played.
2: Yeah. Uh, Fox, what, what's a what's a game virtually that you've played in the last month or so, um, that you've really really kind of pulled, grabbed uh, what's it, grabbed onto that you really enjoyed?
1: Yeah, I'll give I'll give two. Um, Board game arena just it's not out for distribution yet, but a game called Automobiles, which I really appreciate. It is a essentially a deck building racing game. The deck is a uh, cube mentality where you pull cubes from your bag. And those cubes represent the spaces on the board you can advance your car on. Um, They also have some special abilities and things like that. So that's one I really, really, really love. Um, The other one I'll I'll talk about is Quetzal, which is a Hmm. um, worker placement set collection game. And the idea here is that on every turn or every round, everyone has the same number of meeples, but depending on how those meeples are rolled, and yes, I said you roll your meeples, depending on how they land, it determines where you get to place them on the board. And so you are essentially Hmm. playing the game where you are deciding what artifacts to collect. And again, if you have a set of artifacts, you can get more money if you sell them. But there are some spaces that are exclusive, which means the first person who goes there gets to claim it. There are others that are auctioned. So, how many meeples are you willing to sacrifice in order to claim that spot over your opponents? Uh, we played. I've played that both in person and on Board Game Arena, and I think it's a really, really fun game to get into, and it can be as complex as you decide to make it. So some people are just going to play the game and just kind of be like, oh, I roll my meeples, I'll see where I can put them. Other people can really look at their opponents and figure out... Um, deductively okay i i can optimize my income if i do this because they can't bump me uh they mm-hmm. don't have the mm-hmm. the resources to do that so uh those are my two games that i would i would put out there that i've been playing a lot of they were both really fun right, c- is, comments on c-
0: is, oh, go ahead. is that meeple rolling thing kind of like the old game um with the pigs Ask the pigs, what
1: it's called <laughs> uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, depending on how your pig is rolled, you got points. It's the same basic <laughs> idea. If your meeple is rolled one way or another, there's definitely benefits. So, yes, that's thank how, how, you. That was my question How the heck do you roll something that's a rectangle? That's uh, a rectangle. well, the okay, so the physical version of, of quetzal, um, the meeples are a little thicker, and so imagine a meeple, right. So there are two flat sides. Let's call them that. One side is colored white. One side is colored black, at least in the Quetzal Mm -hmm. version. And then you roll it so it's white or black. And then if you roll it on its side, meaning it's on it, I mean, call it the edge between the two flat sides, um, then it's Mm -hmm. wild. If you roll it and it's actually standing up, like you happen to roll it and it's on its legs when it's Mm -hmm. it's done uh, positioning itself, then it's a wild and you get a coin. So that's how it works weird it's essentially a d6 if you really stop and think about it but um for all intents and like, purposes i guess my
2: confusion comes because i'm not now
1: i want to go in the living room and find a meeple somewhere and try to roll it yeah i think these it, are it, a little bit special roll, like i think right? these yeah i mean if you were to roll what i would call a standard wooden meeple i don't know that you'd end up with the, the same results as these quetzal meeples that look like a meeple but are yeah they would probably thicker. almost
0: never land on an edge yeah, yeah these that's are that's thicker
1: roll. and are meant to be a little bit more like dice. Um, oh, DICE. I
2: get it. Sure. I can see that now. Okay, that makes sense.
0: It's uh, funny that, that. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Keep going. It's it's funny that one of your picks is automobiles, Fox, because that's yeah. it's one that I would have named too, <laughs> but it's also the game that we started last night and I think played for about three and a half hours. Oh really? Yeah, that,
1: how many that, how many yeah. tracks did you play? We, we did, did one track, five laps. And it took yeah. you how long?
0: Uh, too long.
1: What? what? Long hours. You need better so friends. So long.
2: <laughs> we, that, that, that was where I was going to. Yeah, too, it was, was, it was late end of the
0: night, and we're like, well, let's do one more game. And Pat said, you know, hey, let's, let's do automobiles, but I want to do five laps. And then by about the time somebody got to the third lap, we were like, yeah, we should have just done three laps. Oh, Yeah, my when, gosh. We, when we got
2: to the end of three, we were we were like, this is almost over, right? We've been going for a good while. And then we're like, no, we have two left to go. And oh, like, my oh, gosh. Actually, we said we had one more, and then we realized that that's just the final lap. It may right be better
1: asynchronous. It's kind of something because, I mean, you don't really do much when someone else is taking yeah. their turn. You get to your turn, and you optimize what you can do. So that's, again, where board game arena shines is, if you are with a group of people who are okay with like a game taking a day or two, not that you're playing the whole day, but you're like, okay, I'll write a few emails, i in between emails, it's my turn, I'll do my, mm-hmm. my part. I think that's where it's a better game.
0: Yeah, I almost started another one today for because we do that. We have the, the, most of the group, I think, except for Trotsky and a couple others who don't check it frequently enough for it to be uh, gratifying for everybody else, um, have you know three to eight turn-based games going at any given time the the stats on the site say that the game duration was 207 minutes which is Ooh. almost three and a half hours
2: Ooh. so so what that's we had absurd. here it, yeah. what's funny is that that's what i i did want to kind of add to your to your comment about automobiles um because i had a mixed experience with it namely that as soon as I started playing it and I went through, which was actually a unique and pretty good little tutorial at the beginning of that board game arena interface. Oh yeah. Um, Mike
0: had never played. I forgot about
2: I'd, that. I'd never played it before. And, and I, so I got to run through this little tutorial thing, which I thought was pretty well done. Um, and uh, I I realized after that, what was done as we were, everyone else was playing, which is different than most tut- how tutorials work. Um, that, I like this. I I mean, I like this way it works. I'm always a sucker for a deck builder um, anyway, or I guess I should say an engine builder. Um, Mm -hmm. So it felt like, okay, this is a, this is a game I can get into. Right. Um, But because it went on so long, I didn't want to play it again. Like I I saw that on the list. I'm like, well, that would be fun, but I do not want to sit there for so long playing such a long thing. Um, Which again, coming from me is a, is a, a rare thing but it just felt like <laughs> that engine building has its limit like you can just you have to see the payoff to your engine at some point and then we were just playing that automobiles thing and by the third round we had already bought all the dice we wanted now we're just spending two long rounds just going through the motions that we didn't want to do uh so that's weird about automobiles i kind of want to recommend it like you did but then I, maybe my experience wasn't the
0: right we, we tweaked up the rules to make it on fun but still had a good time so yeah right, right. it's a good that's game a i had no
1: game. i i will be honest i was a part of game night last night and i did not know that's what you i saw everyone played a game last night for three hours i didn't have no idea that was the one so this wasn't a that's setup funny. or anything like that i really didn't know <laughs> that's funny. yeah no uh, i w- i w-
2: did want to comment too last time you were on fox i had asked you about some board game like physical board game recommendations and i i have mm. bought um oh my city. my city my city i did buy my city now and s- sadly enough we haven't we we played it but didn't get to play the legacy part of it yet um just it's kind of circumstances when the family has been together and things we sure haven't had a chance but it's it's believe it or not, still sitting on my dining room table so that the very first opportunity we get to do it, we played um uh, there's four of us kind of the way circumstances went out uh my fiance and her daughter came over and we were like we're gonna play this and they were all jazzed and then shelly was very tired that night and was like, "I just can't be up for it." So the kids and I played the game without doing any of the legacy stuff, um, and really loved it. Like, oh, good. We really, really, really loved it. Yeah, We, we enjoyed from the, all the, the, both the girls 14 and 10, uh, and to myself that it went so quickly. Oh, it was good. very painless um, and <laughs> enjoyable by everyone. There wasn't like real kind of PVP or anything you might nope, have in games. No. <laughs> um and then we're excited about the legacy part of it we you know it was sad that we couldn't open up a package of the stickers or whatever it is to see it our, our actually we did open part. the first one that's the we did open part. we did actually open the first one because it does say open up we but we don't yeah. place any we didn't place
1: any stickers for winning or i am so glad i did not cause you pain i love that. that's my <laughs> threshold that's that's where we are with our friendship like Fox asked yeah. me to do something or recommend something. It didn't cause me pain, so you know, good day. <laughs> no, no, good day. That's, that's the, one. That's the yeah, low and, bar. And I was, <laughs> I was very, I, I'm
2: very happy, and I would also recommend it too. I, I, I love, glad it. you like it. I thought game. you would. Some something that you, I, you couldn't have stressed enough. Actually, is the short time period. I think when you talk about a family game, it has to be played within a short amount of time. Right, because I've played a lot of games like Cat Lady and mm-hmm, um you know Century Golem or things that could be considered um family games, but sometimes they go on just a little bit too long right and and the kids start to get bored well or yeah, yeah.
1: i mean i but this one does you. not have that it's a it, you know, and I actually think that's a, an unusual characteristic for a legacy game the there are yeah. lots of chapters, but you could play through several chapters um and it not. You know, you could decide how long you want to invest in it at uh, any time you sit at the table. Yeah, we we we, uh, and that was that
2: was also a big surprise, I think, was the fact that we I opened it up and I saw that the legacy part of it had like 24 episodes, if not more. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna be sad for me because we'll get through like five or six and then we'll never want to play it again. Uh, but then when we blasted through <laughs> one and we're wanting to kind of play another it made me realize that, oh, we can probably do three of these in a sitting and we'll all have a really good time. That's true.
1: Yeah, I I knew the families that I knew who got into it almost slowed themselves down at the end. I mean, that's always the sign of a good legacy game. Where you are like, I don't want to get to the end because we're really enjoying the legacy component of it. So um, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Uh, Try the legacy aspect of it. Let me know what you think. But a huge recommendation. Yeah, I'm glad you like. it. Yeah, my board game,
2: interest recently oddly enough i i've gone back to the to the board game store. i've been avoiding them for the last year because we don't actually get to play in person Mm -hmm. or anything so it's sad sadly i've been purging from my library instead of you know replenishing but in the last couple weeks i went and did the rare sojourn out into the real world and went to a a local uh, game place and i found myself being happy with looking for single player board games like games that can be played solo. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, and and that first off, at one initially, it sounds very sad <laughs> that you're playing a board game by yourself. Um, but I I was pleasantly, I mean, it's just way we have to do things kind of today in this in this world um, until you know the whole COVID stuff is, is beyond us. But uh, I was pleasantly surprised to find that there is a, a, a fair amount of really good games out there that are good games as multiplayer, but but have solo variants uh, worth getting. So mm-hmm. uh, it did allow me to go ahead and feed my need to purchase some board games. I, I bought Star Wars Outer Rim was the, the most recent one uh, that I had bought. And it's it's just as fun. I've played it in multiplayer and playing it solo is also very fun and challenging. I've gone back to playing, um, I picked up, oh, Dennis, what we just talked about that, the Lord of the Rings thing. I played that mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I'm really happy with the idea that I would rather play with friends and people at all times, but you know, sometimes you can't and you should still be able to enjoy a board game. Um, and it's nice that some developers can, can make that happen. Right. For, for so you yeah. can be able to play. Yeah. It. Cool, man. All right. Well, you know that that's exciting about this coming weekend that we got happening. I'm, I know I'm looking forward to, it. we're doing a Thursday night even type thing. Yeah. Uh,
0: right. Tomorrow. Oh goodness. Yeah, tomorrow's
2: the right.
1: kickoff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, see we, if I'm the the last time we played talking about the Game of Thrones game, last time we played it in person, I was in Bloomington staying at the Trotsky's for a whole week. It was uh right around the time that season eight started. And we still were uh had had good positive feelings about that show. Um but oh yeah yeah but we played we played the the big long game, like at the end of that week, and I was just so fatigued. So we'll see if I'm the same. I've been traveling for basically a week, a solid week from today, maybe eight days if you count both Wednesdays. Driving, not just just traveling, yeah. like driving. Um, yeah. And and I'll I'll share all about that next week. But um, yeah, we'll see if I if I have the energy. I did load up uh, the the digital Game of Thrones game and went through the tutorials. Starting oh, to get bored. Good just for you by for myself. like getting on the so. on the
2: board with setup. Wait a go Jeez, guys. I, I just don't to, remember. I need like, to do
0: that. I need to do that. Like <laughs> we we play that game so seldom that like I come back to it and I'm like, what's going on? Although Pete's oh, yeah, not in yeah. this in this uh, game schedule, so that's a <laughs> that's
2: true. It's it's gonna be, he, he brings he does bring a different level of of competition to to a game. So I know and I've talked about this before. Pete is. Our, our good friend Pete is, is a very good strategist, and he's a very good player. Uh, I give him a lot of that. But when he comes to the game, it's a different kind of game that he brings to people, I think, <laughs> when you play it. it. It is, and that's not a bad or good. It can be seen as a bad good thing if you like that hard kind of competition or not. Uh, but not playing with Pete on games that are kind of very competitive is an interesting t- way to look at this. It'll, it'll be fun to watch you guys play it and see how that variant works. Yeah. And again, you know, not, look, not I'm looking forward love to it. it. Uh, hey, okay, I've got like, we only have like 10 minutes left, and I could just, we can cut this a little short, but I've got, I'm going to run through three really quick topics and just want to have bullet points on these, okay? Uh, they're going to, for each right. one of you here. Uh, one of them, I'm going to do mine first. I watched, uh, I just want to say, I watched, a, I started watching the series called uh, Pacific Rim Black on Netflix. It's an anime from the Pacific Rim series. Um, the, I'm not sure if you guys.
0: The I'm sure with you guys the got the robots first. and the.
2: And with the, the robots, yeah. The kaiju, okay. yes. So this the movies. I don't know what you think about those. I, I was, I was kind of a semi-ish fan of the first one, and really grown hard terribly at the second one. I mean, they're
0: um, action summer blockbusters. Like, I've, I
2: yeah, but they're expect. like the worst kind of. I don't. I don't right? I'm not going to really bring about those. What that is that it does set up kind of world. I think what people like about those was kind of this world building that those movies have. That you're in this world that's been attacked by kaiju for. Ever and they've developed a society around survival
0: for humanity, building these robots. I mean, if if that's interesting to you, I do have an anime recommendation that you might want to check out.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I I think that's the idea is that that kind of a thing, and I'm sure there's other animes. If you have that, you can definitely yeah. I'm, be, I'm
0: being I'm being a little bit snarky because it's it's old from like the 80s or 90s called uh Evangelion. Um, oh yeah, yeah, right. I'm I'm mispronouncing that, but. Um, right yeah, it's it's I, i've heard the of the original like kaiju and and sort of mechs they're mechs but they're what, kind of biomechs
2: well what i what i have to say about this real quick though is that i watched it they're 30 minute episodes there's eight of them and i found that i watched them all within like two days <laughs> uh i really enjoyed it it's they were they were like heads and shoulders head and shoulders above the the movies um Good story, um, good anime parts to it all around, um, but not the bad parts of anime, but a lot of the good parts of anime, take that for whatever you might think of (laughs) anime in general. Um, You said that's on Netflix? It's on Netflix. I really enjoyed it. I was surprised. The only thing I didn't like about it was that it was over. And that's Mm. probably the best thing I think you can say about about a series. Um, It had characters that you liked, that you cared about, that they didn't spend... 8 billion years talking about their life stories every episode for three hours. Um, Mm -hmm. And because of the 20 to 30 minute uh, show limit time, everything had a great pace. And and when it was over, which it is a continuing series, not just a, you know, one and done. um, It made you feel like, Oh, I want to continue with these character stories and continue on with this world and explore so much more. There's so much potential. I could see myself watching this more and more and more. Uh, okay. So that's, that's mine. The other one I had was, um, uh, Dennis, I wanted us to just quickly give a, a five minute thoughts on the last kingdom. I know we talked about watching that last week. Hmm. Um, we watched one episode. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Fox, to pull you other. of I got one for you, Fox coming out later. Um, what, what'd you think? What, what's your, what's your real quick three sentence review of whether you should or shouldn't watch the show?
0: I mean, it gave me, it gave me strong uh, Vikings vibe, the History Channel mm-hmm. show, but not quite as, like, I feel like, and I don't know, I, I sort of binged Vikings when I found it, and so I, I remember it being very, like, compelling right from the start. Yeah, um, yeah, this, I agree. This one had a little more of a slow burn, but also the first episode covered so much time so much it was like there's this and this and then a time jump and this and now we're here and maybe here's where the story's going to start but we needed this whole like hour-long prologue
2: yeah i agree i think i think i come down exactly what you just said i i felt the vikings vibe i felt um and i just like you had very compelling excitedness about that first season of vikings it it's been a cult favorite since it's been on um Mm -hmm. and uh it struggled for me in the second season, which we've t- covered before. Uh, but this one, I watched the first episode and just like you said, it felt like a. I didn't know what it was doing. And then when it was over, it definitely felt like this is the prologue to the show. And I actually like the prologue. I, I liked where they were going. I liked that they gave me character setup instead of just starting. I actually kind of like the actor or actors or actresses that are in it so far, <laughs> like the main character pretty good the best thing i can say about this one is that it makes me want to watch another one so uh, i didn't watch another one because we were just going to watch one but i think i'm going to can at least on my own keep watching this and seeing how it shakes out from one episode i guess and give it a thumbs up um all right fox here about this one for you last topic for the day all right uh, we mentioned we mentioned it earlier um disney just released their big or one of their big annual uh uh, cartoon animated movies and that's uh ray of the last and the last dragon mm-hmm. you watched that right
1: i did yes ha- and
2: did you watch that with your with your son
1: i did who is uh what is he eight years old yes
2: <laughs> I, like, I like the pause there for a well, moment covid good.
1: times you lose track of
2: these things <laughs> you lose track of time I, I i did watch this with sydney and lola so we got a 14 and a 10 year old in there uh-huh. i watched it in the theater i'm assuming you watched it on the did you watch on the disney premium
1: thing Uh, or, or streamer, uh, let's say streamer. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I am, I'm, I'm lucky uh, enough that I got to watch it about a week early. Uh, Not trying to brag, but I got to see it a little bit before. Uh, and,
2: and, but you watched it at home, I guess, right? Yes.
1: Yes. Disney sent me a a link to watch it early.
2: Okay. So that's, that's an interesting thing. We, now we watched it, like I said, in the theater, which was, you know, us going back to the theater, which was kind of fun. Um, the, the, let's do a, a quick, real quick, again, like I told Dennis, three sentences, one small paragraph of your thoughts, whether you would uh, recommend families or individuals, what do you kind of Disney animated, where do you rank it in there so far with just that initial experience?
1: I recommend it to all families. Absolutely. I think if you're looking for something to engage audiences of all ages and let their imaginations run wild, let them have some fun with um very wonderful humor some rich characters some excellent visuals some absolutely fantastic voice acting um you should definitely make time out of your schedule for family movie night and put riot and the last dragon top of the list so that's my that's my summary
2: where where do you where do you rank it at let's put it in some uh I mean Disney's. It's hard to rank Disney. Well, again, so. what do you count as Disney? Um, you know, Disney anim- Let's put Disney animation and let's say not not actual so, hand animated. So where the, we go like Frozen, computer. Yeah, okay. Like so
1: that. I mean, it, in the, in the modern era, the movie I think it is closest to is Moana. Um, I would agree. Very well placed. You yeah. have a, you have a central uh, female character who is trying to find her place in the world and dealing with some mystical forces um you know and some of them are encouraging and some of them are discouraging i personally like moana better moana is a Mm -hmm. musical this one is not Mm -hmm. and i am i have -hmm. a soft spot in my heart for the rock singing um just in general (laughs) um so so but i think you know in terms of world building and letting the imagination run wild raya does a really nice job of engaging those parts of your senses. So for people who are stuck home and can't get to the theater um, and are looking for something to to watch around a bowl of popcorn that everybody's hand is diving into and they don't even notice that someone else's hand is in it because they're glued to the screen with their eyes. Raya is an excellent pick for any of those those nights.
2: I agree. I, I I love your comparison to Moana. Uh, and and also the way that you mentioned the musical because as you were saying that that's the that's the very first thing that hit me is I think it stands right shoulder to shoulder with Moana, but it's an example of when you have good music that speaks to the soul, it just elevates it to its thing something else can't compete with, so that makes Moana better. But if let's say uh, Raya had had musical parts to it that was as equal as equally as good as Moana, it would be just as good as Moana.
1: I mean, right? I think it's just uh, yeah. No, I would yeah. agree with that. I mean, I think the easy easy way to pitch this is that you know we're in we're in March and the and the whole calendar year is a little askew. But if mm-hmm. you ask me today, do I think the odds of Ryan, and the Last Dragon winning Best Animated Feature are high for the next Academy Awards, whenever they may be in 2022? The answer would be yes. I mean, there's a lot to love about this film, especially its representation. There are basically no white people in this cast. And that is uh-huh. appropriate given the cultural references they make. Yeah. In fact, the only white person that I can come up with is Alan Tudyk because he voices everything in a Disney film. I think he's contractually <laughs> obligated to show up in every Disney property as a voice. And he voices a an armadillo, Tuk Tuk, um, oh, the little great. rolling character who makes no you know human noises. Um, right, but but I really applaud this film because they they have a lot of fun with um, an alternative history to Asian culture. the The nations that are represented here are indicative of the uh, environments of modern day Asia to an extreme in in a purposeful way, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to call out Aquafina. Um, who voices the dragon? She is an absolute delight. She'll make you laugh. She was
2: great. She'll so make great. you
1: you tear up a little bit. Like talk about someone who is clearly a talent that I don't think has been fully recognized yet. I give her all the kudos in the world for really bringing a character, um, and not spoiling anything, but maybe characters to life.
2: Yeah, I I, I actually w- was was going to say as I was watching it because there's a period before that that character actually comes onto the screen. Uh, that the, the show was great. It had all the stuff that it needed before that, and then you add that, and it actually added more characters as the show goes along, kind of in a natural pace. And all of them were like, "Great! Oh, I like this character." And they didn't hurt the story or drag the story. And she just was a main character that added even more to the story. That made—I mean, not to the story. I mean, to the presentation, to the show, to the, the whole thing. Like, oh, you—you're—you're you're right on par with this great elevated other characters that are happening and, and the main character and yeah, so she was fantastic and, in all the parts. And let me give
1: there. kudos yeah. to the main character, Kelly trend, who I think a lot of fans will remember as being part of the, um, the, the star Wars uh, Skywalker mm-hmm. saga in mm-hmm. last Jedi and briefly in rise of Skywalker who will ha- experience a little bit of cancel culture You know, I thought she was so great that I stopped picturing her. That is always the sign of a good voice actor, where you stop seeing the person's um, physical form when they're speaking anymore. She is so good um, at embodying Raya that I I was very impressed, and I hope she gets more work as a result of this, because I know she's been through some struggles. So I was happy to see her put in the spotlight for a Disney picture film that is so powerful and is so um, encouraging of young women protagonists.
2: Yeah. Okay. In in closing of that, my last comment is really loved the scene when you're not supposed to cheer on that they're angry and mad and going out for vengeance, but I loved the scene when they did. That was really kind of fun. Uh, Cool. I think we did it. We saved like four or five lives this week. It was pretty great. We did a great show. show. Good job, guys.
0: um i did want to uh briefly mention we had said last week we were going to watch um the trial of the trial of the chicago seven um Mm -hmm. which we did watch and we're not going to get into in in depth but i think um at least for me and maybe mike if you want to comment on it you can um i thought it was really good if you're a fan of um sorkin's other work um like a few good men or uh maybe west wing although i just started west wing so i don't know if i'm qualified to comment on that it's uh <laughs> it's good it's a little um uh, <laughs> frustrating and, and tense at times but but well made and and worth seeing if you if yeah
2: i like it the, the it kind good. of
0: courtroom uh historical drama kind of stuff is is interesting to you i don't know if either Great. of you had anything you wanted to add to that
2: I, I liked it. Thought it was good. It was a really good show. Powerful is the best way I can say it.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, you've been listening to the Front Porches, episode one hundred and eighty-five, I think. Um, Fox, do you want to let listeners know where you and and your work can be found?
1: I would be happy to, but first and foremost, I want to thank both of you. I mean, this is one of the best podcasts to be a guest on. You know, you just feel comfortable to just have a great conversation about whatever pop culture stuff is in the air. And I, again, like I think you two are doing excellent, excellent work. So thank you so much for whenever you ask me on, I think that, you know, you're doing great stuff. And it's, it's always educational um, and lets me see <laughs> things in a new perspective, which I think is the whole point of the show, at least from my perspective. Um, mm-hmm. You're know, sitting on the <laughs> porch. I really do feel like I'm there. And I hope that your listeners appreciate it. Uh, as much as i do because i think you're inviting all of your listeners onto the porch with you which i I really really love um in terms of where to find me um i am humbly at lrm online um that is where my movie reviews go up and we also put out a podcast there called geek scholars movie news you can also find me on board game geek Uh, i try to do as many board game reviews as i can but um you know Again, uh, I'm doing I'm doing mild work compared to these two, so thank both of you.
0: <laughs> all right. Um, if you have questions, comments, feedback on the show, you can reach us via email. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com, or on our website, frontporchpodcast.com, we have contact forms, and you can reach us that way. Uh, if you enjoy the show, um, please consider subscribing on all the places. That way you'll get updates every week when we post a show, and if you want to leave us a review that always helps uh as always thanks so much for joining us until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael and i'm fox for the front porch
2: Night, everybody see you next time